0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tag1 Team Talks. I'm Preston So, your host and moderator. And I'm going to be uh, speaking today with our dear friend Laszlo Horvath, uh, based in Vienna, senior level developer at Tag1. And of course, our good friend Michael Myers, managing director at Tag1. Welcome to our special edition of our Tag 1 Team Talk series. We're doing a little bit of a different uh, bent on the series today. This month, we are all dealing with coronavirus and this awful pandemic. The impact that social distancing is having on our lives is, is palpable. And for those of us who have children, it's an incredible challenge to be able to work with our kids, make sure they're not bothering us while we're trying to work, and all in all, make sure that they're keeping healthy and keeping also mentally healthy during this really tough time. One of the biggest things that we know is happening with a lot of parents around the world is everyone has to be homeschooling now, whether using distance learning programs or e-learning tools or their own homeschooling curricula. And we wanted to share a little bit about how on the Tag1 team, we're using technology to make it more interesting for the kids and also easier on us. And joining us today, we've got Laszlo. And I want to talk a little bit about the challenges that led you on this interesting path. you out really got a solution for your own schooling. So as I understand it, um, also in Vienna, schools have stopped and, and kids still have to keep on learning, right? I mean, what's, what's your kind of situation right, like right now?
1: Yeah, so schools in like mid-March, schools were closing. Actually, they have like like emergency... Running schools, basically, if you are some of the staff that has to go to work, like uh, medical staff or or like grocery stores or police, things like that, you can take your kids to school. They have like, they will be taken care of there. But like the government asks everyone who is in a position to stay at home with the kids to do it. And this is like what, I don't know, like 75% or 80% of the people did. Of course, you want your kid at home with you. If if I'm staying home, I want my kid to be here as well, not take him to school. And so they did a lot of distance learning programs, but those are more focused on like more more exam-like, more they just want to see if, if your kid did the exercises and if it did learn. And the learning itself is something that, that you have to do at home with the kids. So you, you get a lot of paper, you get a lot of things or... You also get get the exercises you have online but that's just material so like the real the, the teacher role is still on you it's still something that you have to do and different countries have different approach for this there are countries that that like have a whole te- television programs dedicated to learning so you know and here they decided okay let's let's use the cool uh, learning platforms that we have. Unfortunately, they couldn't use Google Scholar because of privacy concerns, (laughs) as as it always is with EU. So they have their own platform. It's called Anton. It's pretty cool. But as I said, it's mostly just for distributing material and like examining if if your kid, like if you submit it, then they know like, okay, you took a picture of of everything that they did and, and that's it. So like my kid is preschool. So what they do is they just learn the letters and learn how to read and basic mathematics like subtraction addition and things like that. So like for for me, the biggest thing was like they my my son, he has to learn how to read write has to learn all the letters and I was like, Okay, since I have a lot of work, we have we have a project that should launch soon. So I have to invest a lot of hours on that and you know the most productive hours during the day when you can actually work are also the most productive hours for the kid as well when he has most concentration and he can he can perform perform at his best. So I don't want him to to start learning at 7pm. I want him, you know, to do it like he did it in school from nine or 10 until noon. Because preschoolers, they don't have such such long school days as, as other kids. So I was I had the idea after talking with a friend because so a while a while back I did some some speech to text and speech recognition implementation. So I was like, Yeah, maybe we could we can use this. Let's see what's the current state and and how like how good it is. And, you know, if we can automate it, why not? We're software developers, we're like used to automating a lot of things. So this was something that sounded sounded like a, a nice challenge. And if successful, it could actually help save time. So that's where the, where the whole thing came from.
0: Very cool. And one thing you mentioned that's very interesting to me is that you've got a background in speech to text, text to speech. And, you know, one thing I know about you, Lazlo, is that, you know, years ago, you built an ERP system. And this was back in the early days of kind of speech recognition and, yeah. and speech synthesis. Could you talk a little bit about what that was like and, and, and sort of what was the prototype you ultimately came up with? Of course. So,
1: well, back then I I used to work for a pretty big company here that that was building an ERP system. So basically they were building on top of SAP. So, you know, SAP has a lot of modules, but if you want something custom built, it costs a fortune. So they were basically dealing with, with companies that needed something specific that was not there in SAP. And then they built the whole ERP enterprise based on that. So they needed something like they wanted to do a showcase. There's like a, it was like a summit in, in Germany, if that's yearly, and they wanted to show off something cool. So they wanted to do AI. And back in the day, like the whole AI movement was going towards the the chatbots and things like that. So I was like, yeah, why not? We can, we can do a, a sort of like a chatbot on the, on the, in the whole front end of the of the application where you could just like type in sentences and the software will interpret those and you know do something with it so there were a couple of platforms that were active back then so google published theirs facebook published theirs and microsoft just came out with it It was called lewis i'm not sure i haven't checked in the meantime if they changed it but it was their their ai platform and it was the best of the bunch so this is not like not not marketing or anything it was just really the easiest to use because the goal was that also the management itself could teach the platform the sentences. So I don't know, you can type in random sentences you you have in in the Microsoft tool itself, you teach it like you say, Okay, this is what I want to do. This is the intent. These are the subjects in the sentence. And then after you give it a bit of learning, it was able to like, return you the intent. So the goal was, I don't know, you want to order Hand sanitizers, fifty of them you can just type in like order me fifty hand sanitizers and it would go through the back end because the backend already had some workflows and everything, and you would end up with an order that was ready to approve to be approved and that was it so it was pretty cool for a showcase we weren't sure if if there's actually some real life use cases for it you know because executives and things like that so we tend to be older people who are not so technology prawn, but for a showcase, it was cool. And then I was like, okay, I know that HTML five has a speech recognition standard. So I was like, why not try that? So I just built a layer upon the whole, whole natural language processing that was first do the speech to text. And then I just pass the sentence on and, and do it from there. So it was pretty cool. And it actually worked, but that was 2016. So it was just the beginning and it wasn't that good. I mean, my, I, I have a bit of an accent in English, but it was terrible at recognizing what I wanted it. So if a German tried it with a thick accent, it would never go go, go as planned. And they just had English back then. So the locals were also depending on like the browser you were using. So like, Google Canary had German and Spanish and Italian and French, but the stable Google uh, Google Chrome version didn't have it. So that was, just, you know, just a showcase, and I tabled it. It was fun. It was like a nice research project. I did something cool, and you know, I, it was in the back of my mind. And now I was like, okay, let's revisit it. Let's see how far it has come, and it has really come a long way. So it has with Siri, with with Echo, with with all the other other tools, they really learned a lot about, natural, about speech recognition, so it's, it's now in a much better state. So it's really usable now, so to say.
0: Very cool. And uh, you know, I have a very strong interest in voice myself and chatbots, and I think, you know, the, the, the problem you just pointed out around speech recognition being very difficult for people who don't speak, let's say the expected yeah. dialects or the expected languages is a really big problem, yeah. very much so. Um So I'm so very curious, you know, could you show us how it works? And, you know, this tool you built is really, really fascinating. I think, you know, it's a language pedagogy tool. It's to help... Uh, you know, students learn by reciting sentences that are written on the page. And just for those of us who are listening, instead of watching this episode of Tag1 Team Talks, Laszlo or I, you know, either one of us could go ahead and describe what's going on. Actually, maybe it's easier for you, Laszlo, to do that since you've got the Um, controls. And if you could just describe what's going on at the same time so we can make sure that um, we're we're doing this for our listeners and anyone using assistive devices.
1: Just to notice this is now in German because you're know, in Austria, my kid goes to German school, but we will switch to to English at a later stage. But let's start with this one with the default one. So you should be able to see my screen now. So basically, what we have is a very simple user interface, where we have a text area to input the input the text that we want to, to read for the kid to read. And this is something the kids, the kid does itself. Basically, first he has to type in the text, practicing letters. And after that, he has to read it and then the software checks if he's reading correctly. So I I will just go through through to a short sentence that's like a normal, normal sentence that the preschooler should be able to read here. So das, das Monster wird ganz blas vor Glück. Bis morgen. Roofed s. roofed s. Okay, and then they get like a nice, nice animation fireworks that they know that they did their job correctly. So this, I mean, normally kids preschoolers read a bit, read a bit slower, which is good, because it's easy for the software to, to check one word at a time. And yeah, that would be that would be it yeah in a short demo so it's it's actually like we're doing it daily and like kids are used to to touch screen technology kids are are used to computers you know and it's it's something that they they are eager to do like i i really i'm really fortunate my son loves books as well so it's not a problem to get (laughs) to give him a book and and he'll like read it for half an hour or something, or just look at it. But, you know, there, I know a lot of parents who have good kids, but you know, if you have a tablet, if you have an iPad, why would you take a book? You know, it's interactive. You can have like <laughs> videos, <laughs> you have everything, then a book is, is kind of lame compared to that, you know? So this like interactive is, I think, much better for, for the kids themselves.
0: So a question about that solution you built. I think it's a really amazing um, tool. And I can see you going up against Duolingo here very soon. Um, there's, a, there's a big question that I have, which is, is there a third language available beyond just German and English? Can you do it uh, in Hungarian as well? What's yeah, it,
1: it, it's possible. So I, I then tried it in Hungarian. Huh? I'm not sure, but every language that's supported by the browser itself, you can do it. So basically, it just involves changing one line of code. We can do it in English, so you'll see. You just change the locale and type a sentence in that language, and it works.
0: Hmm. So that's that's one of the benefits of using, I think, this HTML5 uh, underlying API because you can rely on the browsers instead of having to supply yeah. all of the you know speech recognition algorithms yourself or any of that kind of stuff. Which is exactly. which is how people used to do it, you know, back yeah. in the early 2000s and before. It was, it was yeah. a wild time. I,
1: I was actually during my university studies. I was part of like I, when I was doing my master's, I was part of a team that was doing it in Serbian because I studied in Serbia. And wow. they had to do everything from scratch. And they did like uh, automated, like if you call the bus line, you want to know when the bus is leaving. So they did it for blind persons so that, you know, they can do it with just language. And it was so much work. And I did, I think a Skype game. Back then Skype had this, in, this API where you can build games. And we did a game, I think, Mark Young puzzle or something like that for for blind people that they can just do by voice It's really cool. But that was nothing like easy, like the HTML standard, you know, this is this whole thing is 100 lines of code. So it's really, really simple. It's nothing major.
0: Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. You know, we talked a little bit about the HTML5 standard and how speech recognition is now part of it, and it's come a really long way in the last few years. I know, I know, yeah. I know that as well. But I understand that you know, you you put together a hundred lines of code, about a hundred lines of code, and it's HTML5, which is probably a, a fair amount of the <laughs> of the lines of code, and JavaScript and SVG animations. I mean, yeah. I mean, so how did you set up the JavaScript to be so simple here?
1: Yeah, it's it's basically the the speech recognition itself. So. All the, all the logic in the code is just parsing out which word was read and comparing it to the results that the speech recognition API gives back. And it it has a, it triggers like after hearing, it, it listens for a bit. You can configure that as well. And then it returns you a result. And after it is certain that it heard the final result, after you, after you pause in your speech, it tells you, okay, now this is the final result. And it gives back, normally it gives back multiple words with a certain like probability. They say like, okay, I'm 98% certain that this is what, what the, the user said. So for me, it was simple because I don't need to do any parsing. I just compare the word with the highest probability with the word I was expecting to hear. And if that, if it matches, I mark it as green. The kid knows, okay, now I can read the next, next word. It was easy, but in a more like sophisticated software, you would maybe go through the list and check okay maybe one of these if if i wanted to achieve this maybe like this is this is what the user actually meant or you can actually how the chatbots are doing they ask back so did you mean like whatever or even alexa asks uh, maybe you meant this and not that so this is this these are some like if you have a workflow where you go through steps you can backtrack one step ask question get it right and then you can continue so this is, but this is all integrated in in the standard itself, so it's really easy to work with it. So is my this, job was just comparing <laughs> strings.
2: Is this all built into the browser? Would it work offline, yeah, or does yeah, it require it?
1: Actually, actually? I'm I'm doing it offline now. So I mean, off not offline, but I just opened an HTML file, and that's it.
2: Wow, that's that's really amazing.
1: No server, nothing, just. I, I didn't want to do any Laravel backend or anything. I just, that's why I kept it vanilla JS and HTML because I can just send it to anyone and they can just open it and that's it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the real benefits of doing this in. Um, and and by the way, that telltale sign was the URL bar for uh, any of us who were watching yeah, uh, that, yeah. that demo. You could see that it was not uh, on the web. So you know, you said you know, no server, uh, no nothing. It's just HTML and JavaScript in the browser. And and I and I love the fact that you did that architecture in such a way where you know you don't have to set up uh, Laravel. You don't have to have uh, somebody you're going to share this with use Laravel. And I think this is really one of the key things that makes this application so compelling for those of us who are potentially working with a lot of folks who are dealing with social distancing and a lot of the coronavirus um, kind of effects of the pandemic we want something simple we want something that's very quick and easy now what so I want to talk a little bit about your plans for this because you because you just mentioned you just uh, shared with us that you're going to be potentially sharing this with other people what what's what's your kind of next steps in the roadmap for this you know like how many years will it take for you to beat Duolingo to a pulp? Is there any sort of uh, a prediction you have on that front?
1: <laughs> yes, I don't I don't have any major, major plans. For now. It's just I would I would like to publish it because there are three of us now. Which we, I, I shared it with a couple of friends and they're tried it and they were like, Yeah, why not? This is cool. So let's share it to more people. So I want to clean up the code a bit because I have some logging and things like that where I experimented a bit. So I'll publish, then I make the repository, GitHub repository public. So I just like share it with people so that they can check it. They can, they can take a look. Maybe somebody will want to contribute as well. And I do have a couple of minor tweaks that I want to do because this is for like really basic preschool level kids. I want, I would like to introduce like levels because if somebody has a kid who's in third grade, they should be reading fluently so they want to maybe the software should check for whole sentences and not just words so the the matching algorithm has to be specific for for that level and the, for even more advanced kids i mean it's not i don't think they would need to use it but but maybe whole like paragraphs should be read like in one go and then you can just compare if it it was correct yeah that was that was one thing and i would like to introduce lessons because now you have to in, to type in it was purposefully done because the kid first types it in and then it's read. But maybe just choosing lessons, you know, where you have predefined text and and that's it. So you don't have to copy paste it from somewhere and you just have it in there. So these would be things that that would be interesting for for the future.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I actually think that there's a lot of potential here, not just for uh, preschool, uh, you know, students or those who are just learning to read and write, but also for language learners in general. You know, I think if you're, if you're, if you're learning German or if you're learning uh, Hungarian, let's say, then, then these are really great approaches for that. Yeah, of course. Very cool. Now, so the You know, I want to dig a little bit into some of the, some of the speech recognition, because I think that's really interesting here. You know, one of the, one of the challenges that you just called out was there's a very big difference between um, analyzing an initial, uh, just a, just a single word and matching that to a string versus let's say an entire paragraph. Do you see any challenges in kind of scaling up to the ability to get to that advanced level where you can read an entire paragraph and have that be interpreted by the parser as well? It's
1: actually possible. So with the standard with the API itself, you can configure it in a way, you have to play around with it. So you have to tweak it in that case. So this is, this is like basic default settings. If you tweak the timeout, so the wait for, for the person to read, if you manipulate the results a bit, it's fairly easy. So it, would, it wouldn't take just 90 minutes, it would take a bit more work but it's not too complicated. So actually, you know, when you, when you have a challenge, if you don't have an idea how to do it, it's complicated. If you actually have like a pattern in your head and you know what to do, it's not that complicated. So in this case, it's doable. It's not something that's extraordinary or, or takes like really a certain amount of skill. It's, it's built into the API. It's just leveraging what, what's already in there.
0: And I think that just points to you know how much of this is becoming more and more uh, part of the foundation of browsers that we already have. You know, I think that there's a really good benefit to living in this era when we can rely on these APIs that already exist. That are that are you know we're standing on the shoulders of giants. We don't have to rebuild all this stuff from scratch. And I think it really points to a very exciting future for for voice yeah. in this context.
1: Of course, it's for me, it's it's amazing like what you can build together. You know. You have tools like if this, then that, you can, you can leverage that, you can combine it with your own implementation for something like this, you know, you can trigger things. It, it's amazing. If you have the time that's required for it, and people have time now, you know, you're sitting at home, you, you can do something besides your normal work. And, you know, I like to learn things. I, I'm sure, I mean, most of the developers are like this, you know, you like to tinker with things, you like to try things out. And this is something that, that you can do. It's really crazy how much you can automate right now. You know? Like I, I'm i already starting to build like a command line, command interface for me where I can just tell my computer, okay, start my tag one customer X project and start the, the timer. You know, I don't have to click manually always and it will do it. And if I leave you, I'll just tell it, please stop. And <laughs> you know, so things like this, you can play around with it, see where it goes. This is, this is the interesting part, as you said, it's, it's amazing. What, what everything that's on offer that, what you can leverage. And I think a lot of people are not even aware how easy it is. You know, you think you, you look at Alexa and you're like, wow, you know how this is so complicated, <laughs> no, it's not, you know, it's just try it and you'll see.
0: <laughs> definitely. And uh, well, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that GitHub repository because I'm certainly going to pull it down. You know, what's funny is that I I started learning Hungarian recently and I have a copy of the book to which is a very popular children's book in Hungarian. And uh, it'll be great for me to be able to put in some of those sentences into this and um, see if I can get my Hungarian pronunciation to be a little better.
1: I mean, Hungarian is like my native language, Serbian, and Hungarian. I'm from a mixed marriage. So you chose the, the hardest language. Everybody says like, you know, Hungarian is like really hard. But yeah. Feel free. I'm up for the I, will, challenge. <laughs> I will I will try I will I will try it out in Hungarian and I'll 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 let you know. Like you can just configure it and, and try
0: it. It's- It'll be a fun experiment. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll report back on another episode on how that went. (laughs) All right. Well, we are running out of time here. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to do our normal segment that we always do every single episode, which is the aside tag. Looking for a better name still, if you have one, we are open for suggestions. It's not a very good name, but I like it. So just for uh, maybe one minute for each of us, uh, let's share something that we've been uh, interested in recently, something cool that's been going on, something that we're doing right now that we find interesting. Laszlo, let's start with you.
1: Yeah, so actually I was looking forward to Laravel 7 release. And because it has the technology that that we talked about last time, the live wire, but it came out with really, really a lot of cool features. And one of them is they changed like the way you can manipulate strings in Laravel. So yeah, you can now chain calls together. So it's really, it's really like they took what was a really great development, developer experience, and they took it like to a whole other level. So, you know, it's now it's now it now offers so many things that you know, it, it takes me and I'm experienced Laravel, you know, I, I always follow everything. And it takes me like two hours to go through the through the release log and see like, okay, now th- I can use this, I can use this. And and it's just yeah, for me, the biggest news in the, in the last two, three weeks was the release of Laravel seven. I've been slowly migrating the projects to use it. There's just one breaking change or breaking ish, so to say. So they really do this amazing job where where migrating to the new version is a, is, is a pleasant experience. So it was for me, that's like what, what I like noticed in the, in the last couple of weeks, what, what, what was like my preoccupation.
0: That's amazing. I haven't actually tried out uh, the new version of Laravel. So I'm definitely going to pull yeah. that down when, I, when heck- I get off
1: you yeah. Yeah, have X blade now. You don't have to use the, the blade templating style. You can use like the the, the same one that would use in Vue So that's pretty cool. And you have Live Wire now. You have seamless integration between front end and end. So I try it out. Definitely, it's cool.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Wonderful. Um, Well, thanks for that. And I'll share something that's going on with me. Speaking of voice and speaking of speech recognition and all of these things that relate to conversational interfaces like chatbots and so on and so forth. uh, I just shared recently last week, my uh, first ever article for A List Apart. It's called Usability Testing for Voice Content. It's at alistapart.com. If you're interested in anything to do with what we talked about today from more of the user experience side of things, the designer side, the usability researcher side of things, or general user experience practitioner ideas about voice design, that's all there. So please feel free to check out that article. And uh, Myers, what's going on in your world? Oh, he's frozen.
2: The boonies, the country in the mountains, and I'm loving it up here. It's kind of fortuitous given uh, all the social distancing. Uh, the challenge is we have no cell reception and almost no internet connection. Uh, and now, you know, in addition to myself and my wife, we have other people you know working from home all the time. Uh, and so our internet connection is horrific. And so I started looking into how I could solve this problem because I promised my wife I could. <laughs> and I came across this amazing solution called uh, Open MP TCP Router, and it leverages multipath TCP which is the ability to communicate over multiple IP simultaneously. So I've set up multiple modems using, I was able to get a cell connection, you know, with an antenna array and our DSL line, which unbelievably gets less than two megabits down and and barely one up and it does true aggregation. So I can glue together these lines and get the aggregate bandwidth It basically um, communicates with a, a private server that I have at Google Cloud. And so the modems, you know, through a VPN talk together to the VPS, and it then talks to the Internet and strings it back down to us. You know, the previous solutions I looked at, or, you know, were typical load balancing, you know, like least used connection, round robbing people between modems. And I'm I'm blown away. Uh, and I've tested another solution called uh, Speedify, which is a little bit more sane. It does all of this for you out of the box. <laughs> but the TCP system has, has been performing better. And I'd love to do a, do a tag team talk on it because it's one of the most fascinating things I've worked on in a while. And it was really cool to get back to, you know, system administration and some coding and testing. So I'm really excited about it and it it seems to be working. Our connections, you know, in addition to being slow are really unreliable and it also adds a high availability component because any one of the modems can drop out seamlessly in the background and the connection continues to work. So I'm I'm thrilled, and we're we're close to a a viable solution for the absolute basics.
0: <laughs> this has been a long, rugged saga for for you across many episodes. Well, I do wish you luck, and I hope uh, uh, you can get that good reception that we all know and love. And we are just about out of time. Thank you so much for joining us on this latest episode of Tag1 Team Talks. All the links that we mentioned today, whether that means the HTML5 speech recognition API or some of the other things that we talked about today, also whenever uh, Laszlo's repository goes live, all the links that we mentioned are gonna be posted online with this talk. And when the code is up, we'll also link to it there. If you like this episode of Tag1 Team Talks, please remember to share, upvote, subscribe, send it to your grandparents and your loved ones. Uh, check out past talks at tag1.com tag team talks. As always, we'd love your feedback and any topic suggestions. If you want to hear about a certain topic, if you want to bring Laszlo back to talk more about Laravel, if you want to bring some of our old guests back to talk more about their projects, write to us at tag Team Talks at tag I want to give a big uh, thanks to our friends, Laszlo and Michael Myers here today. And thank you so much for joining us until next time.
1: Thanks guys.